I know firsthand the importance of nourishing our bodies, especially during pregnancy. That's why I want to share Ritual and their Essential for Women prenatal with you. This is the prenatal I took during my pregnancy after researching a ton of different options. You see, Ritual is all about transparency, which is something that I truly love. They make sure that 100% of their ingredients are made traceable, so you know exactly what you're putting into your body. And that is important when you're growing a tiny human. Plus, they're gluten and major allergen-free and totally vegan. But Ritual is not just about great products. They're also a certified B Corp. That means they care about more than just profits and are fully committed to the health of people and our planet. What's really cool is that Ritual offers a subscription-based service with free shipping, control over your delivery date, and savings when you bundle. They're so confident in their products that they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. The Essential for Women Prenatal is a prenatal multivitamin that's packed with clinically studied nutrients that are essential for both you and your baby. Think nature-identical choline, clinically studied folate, and 350 milligrams of sustainably sourced omega-3 DHA. These citrus or mint essence capsules are designed for optimal nutrient absorption and are gentle on your stomach too. Now for the best part, Ritual is offering Mommy Liberners podcast listeners a special discount. Visit ritual.com slash mommy and 40% off your first month of Ritual will be applied at checkout. That's ritual.com slash mommy for 40% off your first month. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast the go-to source for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. I am your host, Liesl Teen, and today we are diving into a topic that is close to the hearts and stomachs of many expecting moms, nausea during pregnancy and delivery. Yeah. I do want to give a little trigger warning, though, that if your nausea is triggered by the discussion of this topic, uh, you may just want to skip this episode, read the show notes or the blogs that we have on this topic instead, because I know how sensitive some of this stuff can be. I experience this and even chatting about it sometimes can just make you yuck, right? <laughs> We are breaking this episode down into two parts too. So first, I'm going to explore essential dietary tips to tackle pregnancy, nausea head on, from the ebb and flow of hormones to the superhero role of vitamin B6. I've got the key ingredients for a more comfortable pregnancy journey. Then I'm going to shift the focus to another aspect of pregnancy nausea, which is vomiting during labor specifically. It's definitely not everybody's topic, but it is a reality, you know. Some people tend to vomit during labor, so we're going to talk about it. Definitely get DMs about this, and I feel like it's just something that needs to be addressed. We're going to talk about it on the podcast. 
After this episode, I do encourage you to check out episode 206, where I gave tips for managing pregnancy heartburn, and episode 80 with Sharon Mazel on the topic of pregnancy myths and facts. Definitely a must listen as well. But for now, if you're ready to learn, let's dive in. I am going to go in chronological order. So we're going to talk about some pregnancy nausea first and then talk about vomiting during labor. So like I referenced in the intro, it's very common in both the instances to have pregnancy nausea. I think something like 85% of women will experience at least some sort of nausea and or vomiting during pregnancy. And uh, not 85% of people vomit during labor, but a good, good portion of people vomit during labor as well. Now, pregnancy nausea, let's talk about three essential dietary tips to help control that because it's not fun. Number one, balancing your blood sugar. Yeah, you thought I was going to say eat ginger, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, part of it, like that can help. But knowing your blood sugar, knowing that ebb and flow of your blood sugar and really uh, figuring out how to maintain it can be your BFF if you are having some issues with nausea and vomiting. Because just like your blood sugar, your pregnancy hormones ebb and flow, and those can affect those blood sugar spikes that you might experience. And this often leads to nausea. Yuck. So when blood sugar levels plummet or spike rapidly, especially when your stomach is empty, it can trigger those very unwelcome feelings of queasiness, as you might be familiar with. So to counteract this, you'll want to focus on maintaining stable blood sugar throughout the day. What does that mean? That means eating smaller, more frequent meals. We want to eat some complex carbohydrates, lean proteins, fiber. That might look like a little bit of peanut butter on a cracker on like a wheat thin, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, eating smaller, more frequent meals or getting up and immediately, you know, having something. Those are tips that, you know, would give you, but a lot of people don't realize like what the meaning behind the tip is. So it's really to maintain these blood sugars. Okay. Cause that can really have an effect on your nausea. So if you can keep it in check, the food that you eat can provide a nice steady release of energy, ultimately reducing the likelihood of pregnancy related nausea, or at least a little bit. And this also explains why a lot of women have morning sickness because guess what? You didn't do all night. Eat. Yeah. So by keeping your blood sugar in check, you are taking a nice proactive step towards a more comfortable and hopefully nausea-free pregnancy journey or a nausea-lower pregnancy. Wondering if you need to make a birth plan? Not sure what a birth plan even is? Here's the deal. As a labor and delivery nurse, I've seen a lot of different birth plans. Some I love and some, well, not so much. <laughs> One thing that's certain though, I do recommend creating a birth plan before giving birth because overall I see birth plans as an empowering tool that gets mamas researching and thinking more about birth before it happens. But that can only happen if it's done right. That's why my team of labor and delivery nurses and I created a comprehensive yet simple birth plan template that has been used by thousands and thousands of women across the country. Grab your free birth plan template at mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan to grab your free birth plan template today. Number two, protein 
power, not ginger, (laughs) protein, protein power for nausea relief. This is a very valuable ally when combating pregnancy nausea. Like I just discussed, the hormonal changes associated with your pregnancy can lead to these fluctuations in blood sugars, right? But if you consume protein-rich foods, this can help prevent those rapid spikes that can trigger that nausea. And additionally, protein takes a little bit longer to digest in your body, so it can keep you fuller for longer periods, which reduces the chances of that empty stomach that can cause uh, nausea. So how do you do this? Lean protein like chicken, fish, tofu, even protein powder. Fun fact, I thought the heading of this said protein powder because I have notes, you know, that I reference when I do these podcast episodes, but I definitely thought it said protein powder instead of protein power, but protein powder also is (laughs) valid. So you do protein powder, right? But yeah, lean sources, chicken, fish, tofu, beans, peanut butter, right? Nuts, that sort of thing. Lots of protein. Finally, number three, B6. Yeah, B6 is the nausea-fighting vitamin for expecting moms. Yes, it is. And this is another thing that plays that crucial role in combating pregnancy nausea. It aids in the metabolism of your carbohydrates and it helps to regulate what? What do you think I'm going to say? Blood sugars. Yeah, which in turn reduces the likelihood of nausea. You starting to get how important your blood sugar maintenance is in all of this? I hope so. Yeah, makes a big difference. And research actually shows that vitamin B6 can ease morning sickness symptoms, making it a valuable addition to your prenatal regimen. But of course, just like anything I say on this podcast, really, talk to your provider, right? Consult with your provider before adding any supplements to your routine. But I will say, rest assured, B vitamins, there's not many people in the world that your provider would say, don't take B vitamins because you just pee them out. You know, if you're consuming too much, you just pee it out. But yes, rest assured, this B vitamin can provide big relief when you need it most during your pregnancy journey. Okay, now what are some of the best foods for your pregnancy nausea? There's definitely no cure, right? Even medications, even vitamins like vitamin B6, right, can only really take the edge off. But there are definitely a variety of tips that can help. This one I am going to say ginger. (laughs) That's the first one. Yes. So when it comes to nausea relief during pregnancy, this is the superstar. This is the one that most people know to go to first. Ginger has that really calm effect on your stomach. And it's really actually been around for centuries. It really relaxes the intestinal tract, which reduces nausea and vomiting. You can get it in teas. You can get it in like candies. They even have little Altoid mints that you can get that are ginger flavored. Or you can just get a whole ginger root and just like chew on it. I've seen people do that too. Or just adding it to your meals. They have ginger pills. There's a lot of ways to ingest it. Put it in like a smoothie or something. So yes, ginger, a good one. Another one is crackers. Yes, plain and simple. Plain crackers, saltines, or dry toast, right? These are the ones that I like to have at your bedside. Uh, Right when you wake up, just take a nice little cracker (laughs) um, to try and get that blood sugar uh, maintenance, you know, on check right when you wake up. Simple carbs, yes, but they are nice and gentle on the stomach and they can help to stabilize your blood sugar levels, which can prevent nausea. Oatmeal is another one. We want to do plain oatmeal unless you 
can tolerate something else, but usually plain oatmeal is a good start. Oats are nice and gentle on your stomach and they give you not lots of good essential nutrients, including those B vitamins and fiber, which can help ease your nausea and to regulate your digestion and keep you fuller a little bit longer. Popsicles are also a really good one. They have Pedialyte popsicles. Who knew? Um, But any old popsicles will do. Sometimes that's just very, very soothing if you're really having trouble with nausea, Uh, especially if you're throwing up so much that you're really having trouble keeping anything down. Popsicles have a lot of water in them, obviously. And it's not like drinking a glass of water, right? So sometimes that's like the only thing that you can tolerate is like a little little popsicle. They also have ginger flavored popsicles, fun fact. Another one is applesauce. Yes, we're going into some fruits here. So applesauce is a classic part of that brat diet, right? You guys know what the brat diet is. Bananas, rice, applesauce, toast, basically bland food to eat uh, when you're recovering from like a stomach virus or flu. And honestly, pregnancy nausea isn't too different. You can do rice if you can tolerate rice or bananas. I think apples or applesauce uh, is a little bit easier than those two and toast. Obviously, we talked about that. Applesauce also can help to boost your blood sugar, get you some of those calories going and help to settle your stomach. While we are on fruits, another good one is papaya. So papaya actually contains an enzyme called Papain, I think that's how you say it. I don't really know. <laughs> but it aids in digestion and it can help to reduce your nausea. It's also a good source of vitamin C, folate, which are essential uh, nutrients during your pregnancy. Watermelon is another good one. Lots of water in there. Keeping hydrated is nice. And watermelon can keep you hydrated and it's also gentle on your stomach. And then bananas, which we already referenced from the bat brat diet. But bananas are nice and rich in vitamin B6. So if you can tolerate a banana, eat a banana. They're also pretty easy to digest. Got potassium in there, as we all know. Bananas are great. So if you can eat a banana, eat a banana. Moving on to drinks. Okay, so how about teas? Yes, tea can be nice and comforting if you can tolerate it and a nice effective way to manage pregnancy nausea. Herbal teas in particular can offer some relief and hydration. You can do a peppermint tea, ginger tea, chamomile tea. There's a bunch of different teas out there. Smoothies are also a great drink if you're not so keen on the actual food. And it's a fantastic way to pack in those nutrients because you can just pour maybe some ginger powder in there, you know, whatever you need to pour in there. Another good drink to have on hand, just some plain old lemon water. Yeah, lemons can be surprisingly effective at controlling people's nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. So if you can tolerate water, squeeze a little bit of lemon in there, can add some mint or throw some more ginger in there. But yeah, lemon water can be very effective. A lot of people like it really, really, really ice cold too. And then finally, coconut water. Yeah, coconut water is nice and hydrating. I myself do not really like coconut water. I think it has a very weird taste. Um, But if you're into it, it's good for you. It's hydrating, provides essential electrolytes. Excellent choice to help prevent dehydration if you're having lots of nausea. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. 
This one is about the epidural series. She says, I took your epidural class and it gave so much good info. My labor progressed super fast. I was nine centimeters when I got to the hospital. I just barely had time to get the epidural and they hustled through it. So knowing what was happening while I was in such pain was great for both my husband and I. Super helpful, fantastic info. Thank you. All so sweet. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. All right, moving on to the second half of this episode. Let's talk about some vomiting during labor. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but vomiting during labor is pretty darn common, which makes sense because during labor, there are various things like your dramatic hormone fluctuation, right? Blood pressure drops, your adrenaline going, all of these together can contribute to this unpleasant scenario. Pain is also a really big one that can trigger nausea and vomiting. And I hope for your sake that when you listen to this episode, um, you never actually have to put any of this info to use, but you never know. So that's why I'm here talking to you. Now, when is vomiting during labor most common? It really can happen at any point, but I would say it most commonly happens during transition or during pushing. The first stage of labor when you have contractions, it's a long one, right? It's usually longer than the pushing stage. And we start with early labor and then active labor. Transitional labor is that stage right before you start pushing when things get sometimes a little crazy and you just are in a whole lot of pain. Transitional labor is the shortest of the three early active transition, right? And it will also likely be your least favorite, especially if you are laboring without an epidural. But guess what? It's short and it just, it's on the pathway and you're just one step closer uh, once you hit transition to meeting your baby. If I had one word to describe transitional labor, it would be intense. Yes, you can expect your body to do some pretty wild things during transition. I have been there twice. It's not so fun, but it's okay. We get through it and it's going to be fine. We're going to have our baby. (laughs) But during transition, you might vomit, okay? You might scream, you might cry, you might just lose your ever-loving mind, okay? It's okay though. We're there. We can help you through it. And during transition, vomiting is most likely related. If you're going to have vomiting, it's most likely related to your hormones just going crazy and pain and adrenaline. So transition is intense, but it's also quick. And I can't put an exact number on it, but some moms, it lasts a few hours. Some moms, it's like very, very short. The other one that I referenced is pushing. A lot of moms I see will just vomit uh, while they're pushing, usually for a lot of the same reasons, but for whatever or whatever reason, um, <laughs> it's usually during those last later bar- parts of transitional labor or while you're pushing your baby out. Another common time where you might have some vomiting is if you've just gotten an epidural. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast, but one of the most common side effects from getting an epidural is a big drop in your blood pressure, aka having hypotension. And typically, one of the first things that happens if you do have this big drop in blood pressure is you start to get really dizzy and nauseous and you possibly might vomit. And oftentimes, this happens right before we even check that blood pressure. And that's a sign that I need to check your blood pressure because, oh my gosh, oh wait, you're having that big blood pressure dip that I want to fix. 
Now, a drop in blood pressure is one of the more common negative side effects of getting an epidural, but don't let that scare you from getting an epidural. I promise we have a lot of tricks up our sleeves to try and prevent it from happening in the first place. And if it does, we will help you through it and we will fix it. All right, let's talk about some tips to manage this nausea and vomiting that might happen during your labor. I got a few tips, tips and tricks up my sleeve, up my my scrub sleeve. (laughs) Number one is alcohol swabs. This sounds crazy, but this is actually one of my favorite little tricks that I use with moms who have morning sickness or during labor. If you start to feel that wave of nausea come on, you just open a little alcohol swab and take a little sniff and that quick sniff of like pure alcohol can take that wave of nausea right away. Usually does that or it does the opposite and it like triggers your nausea. But I'd say nine times out of 10, it takes it away. Number two, IV fluids. Yes, so this is particularly true for nausea and vomiting if it's related to a blood pressure drop following an epidural placement. And this is a pretty just quick and easy way for us to get some extra volume quickly into uh, your vascular system to encourage your blood pressure to go back up and reverse that nausea. Number three, essential oils. Yeah, so I don't know if you're an essential oils person, I liked them during labor. I had a nice little blend that I used during my second labor and I found it to be super beneficial. But before I get into the nitty gritty details of essential oils, I will say that many essential oils are considered safe to use during pregnancy and birth, but some are not. Okay, so use them with caution. Talk to your provider first as always. But the oils that I know of to be effective in managing nausea and vomiting during pregnancy and labor are ginger, obviously, peppermint, and uh, like a citrus blend. What I personally did is I had a little vial, this little blend that I found on Pinterest. (laughs) And actually a fellow coworker of mine who I went and took pictures for her during her birth, she had it during her labor. And I was like, oh, that smells really good. What is that? She's like, oh, it's this essential oil blend that I got on Pinterest. So she sent me the recipe and then I used it during my labor. But what I did was I had cotton balls and I would just put like a couple drops of the essential oils on the little cotton ball and I put it in a little cup in my room. So it wasn't like I had it all over me. Um, Although you can do that too. I just like to have it on hand if I needed to like sniff it real quick, but you can use it on your body, use it on your wrist, your ankles, or you can use it like as a massage oil. And along with nausea and vomiting, essential oils during labor and during pregnancy uh, can help with stress, anxiety, and pain. So definitely, in my opinion, worth a shot. Number four, anti-emetic medications. Yes. So medications that are used to treat nausea and vomiting are called antiemetics. So where I work, all moms have just a standing order for Zofran. We can give it orally or we can give it IV. It's most commonly given through your IV because usually when mom wants Zofran, she doesn't really want to put anything in her mouth. (laughs) So usually give it IV. And it usually works like pretty quickly and it's pretty effective in uh, minimizing your nausea and your vomiting. Number five, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to just add this because this is a tip, okay? Number five, we ride it out. It's okay, (laughs) but you might just have to ride it out. You might just have to ride it out. It might just be a wave because they usually come in waves. And that's it. I know 
maybe this didn't get you super pumped for labor because we talked about throwing up and I'm sorry. And I know it's not everybody's favorite topic, but I hope you learned something new and I hope you have something to take with you to labor and delivery or to help you if you are experiencing nausea during your pregnancy. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to be doing a birth story, which I'm really excited to put out for you guys. So yeah, I haven't done a birth story in a while. That's going to be up next week. I'm not going to give you any details. It's going to be a little surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll see you guys same time, same place next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.